So when we were in secondary school, we, my favourite subject was engineering. Uh, engineering was great. Engineering was also exceptionally dangerous because uh, we had all sorts of wonderful things like uh, hammers and uh, pillar drills and machining lathes. And um, the most dangerous by a long shot was the blowtorch, which we would use to either heat up metal in order so that we could bend it and form it or uh, plastic dip it or whatever it was. Um, so like, there were just numerous occasions where, my goodness, when I think about it now, with all the health and safety things that are there that are in place these days, I think what we did, I'm not sure if they even, if they even allowed to use half the machines that we used to, but um, you'd, have to, you'd have a tongs like with a long handle and you'd have your blowtorch and you'd be heating up this piece of metal that you're going to bend or form. And it may happen on occasion if you, if you, if you loosened your grip on the tongs, you'd drop the, you'd drop the piece, right? So then to be on the ground. What would lads do? Get their jumper, <laughs> their jumper, and pick up a piece of metal which could be anywhere around 800, 900 degrees Celsius. Like, and you, then the big brown burn holes in their jumpers. No, <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. But it was, it was just interesting to see how, kind of like our gospel, those who couldn't be trusted with a simple hammer could not be trusted with a blowtorch. Right? Those who couldn't be trusted with a scriber just to scribe in a little line of where they're supposed to cut or where they're supposed to file it down to. Those who couldn't be trusted with a scriber could not be trusted with a lathe. Uh, there was one guy, um, you know what a lathe is, it's, a, uh, it's like a, a, a really, really big drill on its side. Uh, so you put pieces into it and it spins the piece around and then you, you, you move this cutter up towards it to, to cutter shape the piece. But there was one guy and his party piece was uh, the, the, the jaws of the lathe are closed with a big T key. So it's about yay long and about yay long and yay wide. You have to close the, the jaws of the machine like that. So he'd leave the key in the machine and then turn it on, which would launch this two kilo steel key halfway across the class, sometimes embedding it in a concrete wall. <laughs> we all survived though, we did, and we're the better, all the better for it. But the point is, if you can't be trusted with these small things, you can't be trusted with big. And the point the Lord is making here then, is he moves straight on to the issue of money. Right, so if we can be trusted with, with money, and he calls it that tainted thing. Right? So if you can't be trusted with money, that tainted thing, who will trust you with, with real riches? So this kind of points out two things. One, what's our relationship with money? And two, what are real riches? So one, what's our relationship with money? We've mentioned this numerous times here, but there is this, this persuasive and pervasive uh, thought out there that money equals happiness and the more money I have the happier I'll be and it's, it's, it's a very kind of persuasive <coughs> statement or, or thought because it seems to fix an awful lot of problems you know if I had lots of money that would mean then that as regards houses, cars and all that kind of thing they're all sorted right? but it's just very interesting to, 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 if you know people who are quite wealthy and yes okay they have nice holidays and yes they're able to afford Botox every second week or whatever it is uh, and they have all those things okay but on the level of actual contentment or happiness or authentic joy I would say that they're no different to anybody else so on the, on the level of things that actually count you know healthy children when I say healthy children I mean children who grow up knowing who their parents are not just because their parents were able to afford very 
costly childminders, but that they, they, these kids know their parents and know them well. And uh, I remember hearing a, an American speaker, Mark Hart, say, being a good dad isn't knowing what your child's favorite toy is. It's knowing what your, favorite, what your child's favorite toy's name is. You know, not just, oh, he likes diggers, but that's his favorite digger, and he calls it Johnny, Johnny the Digger. Like, it's just, I thought it was very perceptive, you know what I mean? To, and in these, this, these wealthy situations that often happens, these kind, of, these kind of relationships are taken for granted. And then, as we even said yesterday, uh, often those who have great wealth now don't have to worry about paying for their house or their car anymore, but they might be worried about a business which is losing a million euro or two million euro a year. So you just have other problems. Or you look at like the, 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 like the Kardashians, that series, which I presume is over, I don't know, but like a very rich family who are famous just for being famous, and their lives and the, the, the chaos and craziness of their lives and relationships, loads of money. But does it make us happy? Well, the answer is no, not on, not on its own. Not on its own. I mean, it can, it can help. It's, it's nice to have you know, a roof over your head that doesn't leak. It's nice to have, be able to go away with your family for a weekend somewhere nice. Absolutely, no problem. We're not saying money is evil. But what we are saying is that money on its own doesn't make you happy. It's, it's, it's something that, you know, it's, it's, the system that we have, the monetary system that we have kind of works. When you work and you work hard, you get paid for, paid for it. That's good. Uh, and if you work you know, and you're responsible and you have more responsibility, you get paid a little more. I mean, all these things, this, this, is, this is a good system overall. It, it stops us just from buying, you know, everyone buying a Ferrari. You know, we don't have the resources to do so. So our, our limited budgets force us to, 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 to be a bit reserved about what we buy and how much of it we buy. So money on its own, it's, it, the, the problem here isn't money. The, the problem is believing that that will make us happy. And the problem is, is believing, the problem is using it in a way that glorifies God. So even money can be used to glorify God. And I mean, I mean even here, like we've met so many wonderful people uh, who have helped Holy Family, who've helped our, our mission here. They have resources and they've helped us. They've, they've donated different things or, 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 or funds or whatever it is, paid for uh, some of our community members to, to spend a year here. People of, 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 of great generosity of heart. So money, again, money is not the problem. The problem is, is believing that this is the main goal of my life. The problem is leaning on this too much and believing that if I don't have money, I will not be happy. The problem is getting proud because we have money. There are all sorts of other problems, but the problem on its own isn't money. But if I can't be trusted with that, if I can't be trusted with a limited amount of money, can I be trusted with genuine riches, real riches? What's the Lord talking about? And I think <clears throat> considering that all of our lives and all of our actions are judged from the perspective of eternity, real riches and real importance, the difference that we really make is the difference that we make for eternity. So helping people get to heaven, basically. Helping friends, family, those we work with, helping them get to heaven is the greatest good that we can do. It's the greatest thing that we can do, because when a soul is saved, it's saved for all eternity. It's the, it's the, the absolutely... It's an astounding, astoundingly beautiful truth that, that we can actually help God in getting souls to heaven. So if I can use money to that end, if I can use money to help the starving, the poor, the needy, 
supporting a local church, supporting a local mission, supporting those who are, who are helping uh, those in great need. Now I'm using my money, investing it, if you will, in eternity, because I'm, I'm investing in the healing of people's hearts. And that's, that's, that's a wonderful, be- a beautiful thing to do. So what, what genuine treasures are, what genuine riches are, is this interior life that I have, where I can love, where I can console, where I can affirm, where I can lift up, where I can give my time to others, that they be healed, where I can give my life for others, that they come to know the Lord. That's, that's real wealth. Because then I'm not tied to material things, I'm not tied to money anymore, I'm not tied to my success or what people think of me anymore. And my whole life becomes oriented towards heaven. So can the Lord trust us with the limited money we have? Do we use it for ourselves? Do we use it for others? Do we lean on, this, on, on our resources, on our money too much, thinking that this will make me happy? Or do I believe with faith the Lord will make me happy and he will provide for my needs? So we ask the Lord today to help us to have a healthy relationship with, with money and with material things and that we might use all that he has given us in his providence for the building up of his kingdom.